0: You are listening to a Bible-based message from River Rock Church in Belle Plain, Minnesota. We invite you to join us Sundays at 10 a.m. at 330 South Market Street. We also encourage you to visit riverrockchurch.com for more information and resources. Now here is today's encouraging message from Pastor Dan Jetto. Finding the adventurous life as treasure hunters, and I believe that each one of us needs to be a treasure hunter. So I want you to understand that. In 2013... I share a story. There was a family in Northern California, a middle-aged couple. They were out walking their dog on their property. And as they're walking their dog on their property, they saw this rusty tin sticking out of the ground by a tree, in the shadow of a tree on their property. And so they started digging around that can with a stick. And when they got done, they found three cans. Three cans of treasure that had been buried. Here's what were in those cans. 4 5 dollar gold pieces, 50 10 dollar gold pieces, 1373 20 dollar double eagles, gold double eagles, and one coin that was found in there was an 1866 S no motto 22 or 20 dollar gold piece valued at over 1 million dollars. When they took these coins, they were all in what is considered mint state condition. They looked brand new. They took them to auction, and when they sold the whole lot to different coin collectors, they made $11 million. Uh, I'm sure the auctioneer got a portion of that. But can you imagine finding a treasure in your backyard worth $11 million? I know people dream of winning the lottery and how that would change their life and how it would set them free from so many different things. What is the one thing that if you found it today, you would quit searching for the rest of your life? And that's what I want to talk about. Uh, There's all sorts of treasure out there for us to look for, but there's one treasure that is more valuable than anything else. What's the one treasure we seek? What one item, if we stumbled over on accident, would fulfill our wildest dreams? That one thing that would satisfy our deepest longings, that we would marvel over, that we would want to hold and, and look at it, turn it over and over again to try to find all the different nuances and marvel at its beauty. Is there one thing out there that you would want to find? And you know what? Jesus says, There is something out there. And not only that, it's right here, it's right now, available to us today. But not only that is it available for us today, it has eternal value and it will last forever. It will benefit us not just today, but forever. Now in in the book of Matthew, Jesus shared two parables and I want to go to those two parables. But also in Matthew chapter 6, he talks about treasure. And so I want us to read those verses together, and, and then I'm going to start talking about it. So the, here's the first, uh, the two parables. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure buried in a field that a man found and reburied. Then in his joy, he goes out and sells everything he has, and he buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. When he found one priceless pearl, he went and sold everything he had, and he bought it. So that's in Matthew 13 passage. Let's see what Jesus says in Matthew six nineteen through 24 about treasure. He says, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will, be also, will also be. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. So if the light within you is darkness, how deep is that darkness? No one can serve two masters, since either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, I read that last part of that passage, and I know everybody's going to go, oh, he's going to talk about money. I'm not going to talk about money. This passage is not about money. This passage is about where our hearts are focused. And that's what I want to talk about. Where is our treasure? Where are our hearts focused? And so my bumper sticker for today, a little bit different. I want to think pirate here, piratey here, you know, because I think of a treasure chest. In my chest, my treasure rests. So where my heart is, there my treasure will be also. So let's say it together, okay? Everybody, one, two, three. In my chest, my treasure rests. So what can we learn from these passages? And and there's two things that I have, two, two main points. One is we should seek true treasure and not trinkets. So we want to seek true treasure, not trinkets. And secondly, we need an undivided heart focused on the eternal and not on the perishable. We should seek true treasure and not trinkets. Now when we read those first two parables, you have two parables about the kingdom of God And they talk about uh, a treasure that each person finds. When you read a parable, one of the things you need to understand is that each parable has one main point. We can't just go out and assign uh, a different thing to each part of the parable. So I can't assign one thing to the pearl, one thing to the merchant, one thing to the guy who goes in the field and and really kind of deceptive, right? Because he knows the treasure's there and he goes and buys a field. So we can't do that, but we have to look at the one point. And what is the one point in both of those parables? If you look at it, they both sold everything they had so they could gain the kingdom of heaven. They were willing to give up everything they have so that they could become a part of the kingdom of heaven. And that is the point that Jesus is trying to make. The, being in the kingdom of heaven is more valuable than anything that you own. More valuable than anything that this earth has to offer. So the parable is not suggesting we can buy our way into the kingdom. It's not saying, well, if I sell everything I have, I can go buy the kingdom of heaven. Um, It's not for sale. In fact, the only way that you can get into the kingdom of heaven is, is by the one who actually paid the price for us to get in, and that's through Jesus Christ and through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus paid for our entry into the kingdom. The treasure is not the kingdom. The treasure is our relationship with Jesus, which brings us into the kingdom. And the kingdom of heaven can be described as this. It's where Jesus reigns, where the king reigns. So in reality, that's all of creation. Everything that exists, Jesus is in control of. He, He has power over. It is those who Jesus rules over, so us as believers in the church, Jesus' kingdom. It is also his authority and redemptive rule active in our lives and our world defeating death and redeeming man. It is expressed in a relationship of love and submission and lordship. His love for us, our love for him, and our submission to his lordship. So if we apply these definitions, what we could say is the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant who released all that he has, he or she has, and was clinging to on earth in order to be ruled by Jesus and experience his redemption and powerful love. And again, the only way to do that is to come into a personal relationship with Jesus. Now, some of us make a similar transactions in our world. I want you to think about this. Um, in a traditional marriage, and, and I pulled out my little black book. Pastors have a little black book. It's called a pastor's handbook. And in there, there's a traditional marriage. Here's the vows from a traditional marriage. So, groom's name in brackets. Will you have this woman to be your wedded wife, to live together after God's ordinance in the holiest state of matrimony? Will you love her, comfort her, honor her, keep her in sickness and in health, forsaking all others, keeping her only so long as you both shall live? Bride's name in brackets. Will you have this man to be your wedded husband, to live together after God's ordinance in the holiest state of matrimony? Will you love him, comfort him, honor him, and keep him in sickness and in health, forsaking all others, keeping him only so long as you both shall live, forsaking all others for the one treasured relationship with our spouse. This is what God intended for marriage. This is what God intends for us with our personal relationship with him, that we would forsake all the other things that would draw us away from him and seek and want to be with him only. Our relationship with Jesus is, is and should be the most precious thing in our lives, we should treasure it more than anything because it will bring us greater joy, greater fulfillment than anything this world has to offer, and it lasts forever. So why is this treasure so desirable? When Jesus rules our heart, we are freed from the guilt and shame of sin. How many of you would like to wake up every morning knowing that no matter what I did yesterday, Jesus still loves That's the freedom that we have when we come into the kingdom. That's part of the treasure. It doesn't matter what I do. Jesus loves me because I am, because I'm in his kingdom, because I am his. He gives us a joy that can't be taken away from us. Our circumstances can control our happiness, but the Holy Spirit gives us a joy that cannot be taken from us because we have a hope that this is not the end. This is just a place that we're passing through. He promises, and and we can have complete confidence that he will take us to be with him forever. I have a home after this world. I know what it is. It's secure. It cannot be taken from me. We become his children and heirs to all the riches of the kingdom of heaven. God owns everything. That's our inheritance. We will be heirs with him Owning everything. And this is why we should be seeking, and what we should be seeking, it is a true treasure, that relationship with Jesus Christ. Everything this world has to offer is a trinket. What are trinkets? They're cheap fakes, right? Cheap fakes that we trade for nothing. The problem in this life is that we easily get distracted from the true treasure Buy the trinkets, okay? Money, possessions, power, fame, lusts, lusts, of the flesh, these are not true treasures. They may bring some temporary joy, but they don't bring the permanent joy that Jesus wants to give us. They are counterfeits. They are fool's gold. They are costume jewelry. They're not the real thing. They are alluring, but they have no eternal value. And often even what they bring is fleeting, Okay? My car will rust out, and in 10 years, it will be of no value. My bank account could disappear tomorrow. My home could burn down. This wonderful body will eventually deteriorate more. Okay? So everything is falling apart on this earth, except our relationship with Jesus Christ, the things of God, his word. Treasure doesn't fall apart. Treasure stays. This treasure will never fade. It can't be taken from us. It offers us things the world never can. Peace, eternal life, unending joy, freedom, life in the presence of our Creator. And this treasure is only found, again, in having a personal relationship with Jesus who is willing to die for us so that we can have this eternal treasure. Now, I know what it's like to be distracted by the glitter of this world, and I've held on to earthly treasure when I shouldn't have. And I found it empty. In fact, when, when Becky and I were young and first got married, I would buy a new car every two years. And uh, what was happening is the value of the car kept, kept falling down, so the value of what I was paying for car payments kept going up. And, and it was because I liked that new car smell. There was something, I, I had a short bit of pleasure in owning a new car until I bought a 1986 Monte Carlo SS and I'd had it about a month and I was backing out of a parking spot when I worked at 3M and I clipped the corner of a Jeep and it took a silver dollar-sized chunk out of my front bumper. And, and now my treasure was tarnished. And then from that point on, I realized that the, the cars are just, they're not something that I need to be seeking. And uh, we, we started buying uh, beaters. We've recently bought a little bit nicer car, but... Uh, for, for 20 years, we never had a car payment because I, I had learned that I, that's not where I want to invest my, my time and my money is in the vehicle that I own. Now that, That's what's right for me. It may not be right for you. The old cliche is that you can't take it with you. This is true. All of our earthly treasures are going to be left behind for somebody else. So parents, spend your inheritance now. Make your kids work. Okay? Um, you're not going to get to take it with you um, Let's, let's invest it in something else, okay? This last week, though, we lost a great man. And I want, I've got a picture of him up here, Billy Graham. And he says, my home is in heaven. I'm just traveling through this world. He understood where the real treasure was. And this man is a man that, that could have been very easily distracted by the treasures of this world. He had fame. There's nobody in this world, hardly, that doesn't know who Billy Graham was. He, he rubbed shoulders with the richest and the most powerful people on earth. And it didn't change him. You know, if I, if I was to look, God says that Moses was the, most humblest, the humblest man who ever lived. In our modern world, I would say Billy Graham was one of the most humble men that have ever lived, that I have known or have been able to, to listen to. And he was not distracted. He guarded his heart. He guarded his life. He wanted the real treasure and not what this earth had to offer. And so he preached a message of redemption and, and freedom from sin and how people could have eternal life. And that's what he devoted his whole life to. That was his treasure. He wanted to share that treasure with others. So we, too, need to guard our hearts. We can't let our hearts wander from our treasure, our personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We can't wander away from it. This relationship with Jesus is too precious to take our eyes off of it. Now, if you go to uh, some of the famous museums around the world, say you go to the Louvre, and they have the Mona Lisa sitting on the wall, you know what? There's somebody watching that painting all the time because of its value. They do not want it to disappear. They are watching that painting. It is protected. We need to do the same thing with our hearts and our relationship with Jesus Christ. We need to be watching it, not letting the things of this world distract us, not letting ourselves lose focus and chase after other things, chase after Jesus. That is where our treasure is, and that is the thing that we need to be most focused on. How do we do this, though? We need to know God's Word and grow in our understanding of it. If you want to find Jesus, look for Him in the Word of God. You know, the whole Word of God from, from Genesis to Revelation is a story of God redeeming us from our sin. The whole, if you look at the whole theme of Scripture, it is that. It is God's great love for us that He wants to send His Son and save us so that we can spend eternity with Him. We sang in the song, You Didn't Want Heaven Without us. So you, Jesus, you brought heaven down. Jesus came to earth. He brought heaven down so that we could spend eternity with him. That is our treasure, to spend eternity with Jesus, to have that relationship with Jesus Christ, to grow in him. Read his book as if it was love letters. This is God's love letter to you. Now, when I went to basic training at Fort Knox, Kentucky, and spent a the time there stationed with an army band for my advanced individual training, Becky and I wrote letters to each other. We were dating at the time every day. She still has those letters. I have those letters someplace. I would read them over and over when I was at at the fort because I loved her so much. I wanted to, to be reassured of her love. I wanted to hear her voice because I couldn't see her. I was separated from her for that time. That's the way we should handle the Word of God. We want to look at it as a, these are the love letters. I want to keep reading it over and over again to hear of my love's love for me and to then to express my love back to him. We need to read and study it together, but also with others in a church, in a small group. We need to find accountability partners so that when we start to walk away and take our eyes off our treasure, that we have somebody to guide us back on, to put us back on the path. It may be a partner or it may be a group helping you to do that to keep us from chasing trinkets. Ask yourself this, what am I seeking and is it going to bring me closer to Jesus, closer to God, or is it going to help me grow my relationship with others so I can lead them to God? So if something is going to take me away from God, is that something that I want to be focused on? If it's going to cause me to hurt others, is that something that I want to be focused on? We need to test our desires against God's word and against our call. God has called each one of us to a ministry. And it may be a workplace, it may be a church, it may be a small group, but God has called each one of us to a ministry. And we need to to check our desires versus what God has called us to but also against what his word says we should be seeking and, and chasing after. We need to seek true treasure and not trinkets. Seeking true treasure requires an undivided heart. We need an undivided heart focused on the eternal and not the perishable. If everything on earth, including our titles, whether it's president or janitor, our belongings, our homes, our clothes, our cars, Our bank accounts will all eventually rust away. Why would we use the majority of our energy trying to acquire these? Jesus said, store up for ourselves treasures in heaven that do not rust or fade. These treasures are a relationship with God and with others. Now, this doesn't mean we shouldn't use the full extent of our talents in the workplace because that's what God has called us to do. So we need if you can make a million dollars, make a million dollars. If you can make a billion dollars, make a billion dollars. If God has called you to do that that 's something you should do because then you can take those things that God is allowing you to have and minister to others, use it for His glory. We see football players all the time they make millions of dollars testifying to God of God and what God has done for them. We saw it on the, on on the, the Football Sunday. If God brings us titles, riches, and belongings that we can be used for God, then we should be humbled that God has allowed to do that. But our devotion should be to our relationship with God. That should be our focus. Matthew 6 continues with these two ideas in verses 22 and 23. It says, The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, and your whole body will be full of darkness. So if the light within you is darkness, how deep is that darkness? So it begins with our eyes. If our eyes are healthy, our whole bodies will be full of light. So what we let into our hearts, remember where our treasure is, that our heart will be also. What we let into through our eyes often affects our heart. So what we are focused on are the things that we're going to be drawn to. So if we're letting crud into our eyes, guess what? We're going to fill our souls with darkness. So we need to be focused on the one, the light, the one true light, Jesus Christ, and, and focused on his kingdom. Otherwise, we're going to let darkness in. Matthew 633, uh, 6.33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. It's all a matter of priorities, not letting the glitter and trinkets of this world cause us to be directed away from our true treasure. We should be constantly focused on discovering all that we can about the treasure we have. Again, gathering together, church, home Bible studies, fellowship groups, we do that so that we can add to our treasure chest, so we can grow our relationship with Jesus Christ, so we can grow in understanding just how valuable this treasure is. You know, Because I can hold a $20 gold coin, and unless I go and get other information on it, it may be worth something or it may be worth, you know, the price of the gold that's in it. You know, each coin has a different value. I used to collect coins, and so I know. Um, we need to do that with Scripture. We need, to, we need to hold on to it. We need to turn it over. We need to, to look at the grooves in the edge and find out the special uh, little nuances in there that would show us even deeper and deeper who Jesus is. Because Jesus himself and his his goodness are infinite. There's no end to the discovery of what we can know about Jesus. We will never know him fully here on earth. We won't ever be able to even fully comprehend his glory and his greatness until we get to heaven. But we should find out everything we can before we get there. And that's what we need to be focused on, that treasure. Once we find it, though, we also need to share it. If you find something about Jesus that we can share with somebody else, we, we should be sharing it. That's how the kingdom grows. That's how we take our treasure and show it to others. We can't discover it if our hearts, though, are busy chasing other things. And I, and I want to compare it. This is something I think everybody is familiar with. Using your cell phone As a, I left mine at home today. Um, feel kind of lost. L- using your cell phone as a GPS, Right? So you've got your cell phone and it's talking to you. It says, turn left here, turn right there. And then a phone call comes in. Okay? Guess what? GPS turns off. If you let the phone call distract you, you might miss your next turn. You might not get to the destination you were supposed to get to on time. We can't let the things of this world distract us. Keep focused on our GPS. GPS. We, we want to reach our destination and we want to do it well. Now, we need to revel in our, in our treasure too. Let Jesus be the attracting force that keeps us focused so that we stay healthy. Again, I used to collect coins and I loved looking at these treasures, looking at the intricacies and features of each coin. Many of them were over 100 years old, wondering who might have handled this? What did they buy with this? Where has this coin been? I've read through the Bible six times in the last two years. The only reason I know that I've done that is because I, I, I use a U-version plan and they keep giving me these badges and awards and stuff. And so I went back and looked and I saw I'd, I'd read through Scripture six times. And yet, you know, I'm constantly finding new things. This treasure is infinite that Jesus has given us in his relationship with him. Most recently in Job, I found something that I thought was kind of entertaining. And this is a guy thing. It's, it's the trading insults, okay? Um, Job's friend, Zophar, said, but a stupid person will gain understanding as soon as a wild donkey is born a human, okay? So Job's friend says that. When, when Job replies, he begins his reply like this. No doubt you are the people and wisdom will die with you. Okay. There's an ouch there, but Scripture's entertaining. There's stuff in there that we can laugh at because we know that this is real people stuff. This isn't just some boring thing. But then there's also been some challenging things that I've found. In Second and Timothy four sixteen 16 through 18, and, and this came up in my devotions just a week or two ago, Paul wrote to Timothy, At my first defense, no one stood by me, but everyone deserted me. May it not be counted against them. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me so that I might, be, might fully preach the word and all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil work and will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. I had not seen this before, but it appears that Paul was in jeopardy of being used in the Colosseum for sport fed to the lions because of his Christian faith. He stood strong and alone. Everyone had deserted him, and God rescued him from that fate. So challenging me is in the midst of all the difficulties that I face where I may lose my job or lose my health, Am I willing to stand strong, alone, with only Jesus, knowing that no matter what, his rescue plan is the best thing for me? So in his treasure, I find these things that challenge me and, and make me want to go deeper, to know Jesus so well that I could stand strong like Paul did in the midst of difficulties, because difficulties will come. And we find that Paul's focus, Paul's goal Paul's treasure was found in the heavenly kingdom. He says, because he said, the Lord will rescue me from every work and will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. We need an undivided focus on the kingdom of heaven, our relationship with Jesus, living for and through him. Secondly, we need to make sure we are servants of and devoted to one, only one master. We cannot let the treasures of this world control us. Okay? Matthew 6.24 says, No one can serve two masters since he will either hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. He cannot serve both God and money. If we make riches our goal, trinkets our treasure, we're going to end up resenting the one true God who demands total devotion. Jesus said that the greatest commandment was this when he was asked, Lord, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind." This is the greatest and most important command. So that is what we're supposed to be doing, working on our relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and in Exodus, Moses describes God this way. He is a jealous God. Instead, you must tear down their altars, smash their sacred pillars, and chop down their Asherah poles because the Lord is jealous for his reputation. You are, not, you are never to bow down to another god. He is a jealous god. Do not make a treaty with the inhabitants of the land or else they will prostitute themselves with the, their gods and sacrifice to their gods. and They will invite you and you will eat their sacrifices. The world is constantly inviting us to turn from seeking God and to seek the things of this world, to bow down to idols, if you will, when, when we do, we are in essence now serving another master, the master of this world. It's interesting that as you read the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew documents more about what Jesus said concerning money and treasure than any of the other disciples. And I think it's because he is the one disciple who at one point in time had more wealth than all the disciples combined. But Matthew, Levi the tax collector, sold all that he had to follow Jesus. For the treasure of a relationship with Jesus, he abandoned all that had held his heart for so many years. He gave up the treasure of this earth for the treasure of the kingdom, a relationship with Jesus Christ. So are we ready to let go of the glittery trinkets of this world and cling to Jesus as our one true treasure? Will you make Jesus and the development of your relationship with him your first priority? Will the treasure that rests in our chests be Jesus and his kingdom? Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are a God who loves us so very much. And Lord, that you have given us great and precious promises. Oh, Lord, that if we would cling to you as our treasure, we will find joy unspeakable, Lord, that we would be able to rejoice forever. And, Lord, we will know that it will never be taken from us, that we will be able to enjoy it forever, in Jesus' name.